Hey guys, it's Scott. I just want to thank you for tuning into the Blue Ridge Church podcast. You know, I hope this is encouraging to you. I hope it's inspiring to you. And I pray most of all, it's going to help you on your faith journey. So enjoy today. I want to welcome you to Blue Ridge Church. Welcome to our online campus. It's great to have you guys as well. And if you're joining us for the first time, we are so glad that you've taken time out of your weekend, out of your Sunday to be with us. Today, we're kicking off a brand new series called Core Values. And what we're going to do in this series is we're going to look at the core values, if you will, that we need to be all that God desires for us to be. Now, I know some of you just slammed on the brakes. You're like, hey, I'm not there yet. And, you know, you may not have a relationship with Christ yet, and that's fine. These things that we're going to talk about in this series will help you as well in your everyday life to become a better person uh, these are just going to be very critical things that we're going to talk about in our life. And, and so some of these things, maybe we grew up learning, and maybe they're not as prevalent in our life today. Or some of you, it could serve as a great reminder of why you do certain things and why you have certain values in your life. But, but I'm pretty excited about it because the things that we're going to discuss and the things we're going to look at are things that God has a lot to say about and that we can learn a lot from these things. Now, any given week, if you want to follow along uh, with our notes you can, and you want to use your phone, you can download the Church Center app on, to your phone, and you can access, like they said in that welcome video, all kinds of information about the church, or you can simply scan one of the QR codes on the side screens. Of course, we'll have them on the side screens and online campus. You'll have those as well. But today I want to look at uh, honor. I want to look at honor because honor is one of those things in life when we see it in another person, we admire it, right? A person that's able to show honor. It's one of those traits or those values in people that we come to love. It's, there's nothing like when you see someone that shows honor to other people. And here's why this should be of interest to us or or why this is important, and it's our very first learning. We must have honor if we're going to be a good witness for Christ. Those of you that do follow Christ, if we're going to be a good witness for Christ, we have to show honor. We have to learn what honor is, and we have to be able to show honor to other people. If we're going to be the representative that he calls us to be, if we're going to be the ambassador, as the Scripture says that we are, we have to learn and understand and show honor to everyone. And so what I thought we'd do is we'll start off and we'll just look at a story in the Scripture that talks about honor to make sure that we're kind of all on the same page is how do you define honor? You know, what is honor? What does honor look like in our society today? And the story we're going to look at, just to give you a little background. And the re- again, the reason we're doing this is because, we, like it or not, we live in a culture today where there's plenty of people who don't know how to show honor or plenty of people who don't show honor, okay? So this story I want to look at is a story when Jesus returns, and I'll just give you some background. He returns to his hometown, and this is the second time he's come back to his hometown since he started his three-and-a-half your earthly ministry. And his hometown was not Bethlehem. You know, Bethlehem's where Jesus was born, but he grew up in a place called Nazareth. 
So Jesus is, he's already been once on his ministry to Nazareth, and now he's coming back. And if you know the scripture, the first time he went to Nazareth, he was in the temple and he read from the scroll of Isaiah, right? You remember what happened? They welcomed him so much coming home, they tried to throw him off a cliff, right? Great hometown, you know, they, they wanted to kill him. So this is the second time that he has come back to Nazareth. And he's got about two years, roughly two years under his belt of his ministry. And Jesus has performed all kinds of miracles, all kinds of incredible teachings up to this point. He, he's turned water into wine. He's raised the dead. He's healed the blind. Uh, he's healed people of all kinds of things in their life. He fed the 5,000. So he's got a really good track record when he comes back. He even healed Peter's mother-in-law. Now, some scholars think that's why Peter denied Jesus. We don't know. That's just wrong, isn't it? That's just wrong. Just scratch that. But he's done incredible things, right? He's done amazing things. And you would think he's coming back to his hometown. He's going to be welcomed. People are going to show him honor. But that's not what happened. And the scripture says he didn't do, couldn't do what he was doing in other towns, in other areas, because of their lack of faith and their lack of honor. And so we're going to look at the book of Mark, Mark chapter 6, and we're going to start in verses 1 through 2. Jesus left that part of the country and returned with his disciples to Nazareth, his hometown. The next Sabbath, he began teaching in the synagogue. And many who heard him were amazed. They asked, where did he get all this wisdom and the power to perform such miracles? In other words, this guy, Jesus, is incredible, right? This guy is amazing. So much power, so much wisdom, so much understanding. We've seen miracles that we've never, ever seen before. And then look at the very next verse. Mark chapter 6, verse 3, then they scoffed. He's just a carpenter, the son of Mary and the brother of James and Joseph and Judas and Simon. And his sisters live right here among us. They were deeply offended and refused to believe in him. In other words, isn't this the guy that grew up down the street? Isn't this the carpenter? Isn't this the kid we went to school with, you know, that was always getting good grades and never gave the bus driver a hard time. Isn't, isn't this that same person? What they did was they basically just treated Jesus as common, as ordinary. Oh, this is just the guy we grew up with. And then Jesus said this in Mark 6, 4. Then Jesus told them, a prophet is honored everywhere except in his own hometown and among his relatives and his family. So Jesus returns home and he's not treated with honor. What's the opposite of honor? To dishonor. And that's ex- exactly what they did. They dishonored Jesus because they simply treated him as common and ordinary. And if you think about the definition of honor, or the definition of dishonor, we dishonor people in our culture today by just treating them common, treating them as ordinary, not treating them as special in any way, shape, or form. 
And that's really what these people were doing because if we honor something, what do we do? We value it. We treat it with respect. We hold it in high esteem. But they didn't do that when Jesus returned. Those of you that are married, think about your marriage. What happens when you honor your spouse versus what happens when you dishonor your spouse? Just go home today and treat your wife as ordinary and see how that goes for you, all right? Just treat her as common. But that's what happens a lot of times in our friendships. It's what happens in our marriages because we've been married so long, we've been together so long, we start to take each other for granted. And we don't hold the other person with any honor. We just treat them as common and ordinary. But when we honor something, we value something, right? We respect something. We hold it in a high esteem. We treat it as incredibly valuable. And that's not how they treated Jesus. Think about it like this. Maybe some of you grew up, and when you were growing up, you collected like cards, baseball cards, football cards, Pokemon cards, magic cards, whatever, wacky packages, but you collected cards. Now, when I was a kid, which was eons ago, we would keep all of our cards, our football cards, in a shoebox, and we'd just keep them underneath our bed. And every so often, you, you know, you'd get them out and you'd start thumbing through them, right? Sometimes you would trade them with friends, and, but sometimes you would flip them over and look at the back and read the stats or the little joke they had, you know, about the player or some saying the player said, Sometimes you'd sort them, you know, you'd sort them by team or you'd sort them by position. Some of you put them onto your bicycle spokes with a clothespin, right? You remember that to make it sound like a motorcycle, right? But then when you were done, you just put them back in the box. Now, let's say you had a 2017 one-of-one one autographed Patrick Mahomes rookie card worth $4.3 million dollars. Would you keep that in the shoebox with all your other cards? Would you sort through them and just look at that Patrick Mahomes card every so often and just treat it as common and ordinary? No. What would you do? I'd sell it. But <clears throat> what would you do? You, you would hold it in high esteem, right? You would treat it as incredibly valuable because it is incredibly valuable. You, you would protect it. You would put it in a, in a place where it couldn't get stolen, maybe a safe deposit box or, you know, whatever. But when you honor something, honoring lifts it up. It esteems it. It respects it. It values it. When we dishonor something, we treat it as ordinary or we devalue it or we tear it down. To honor somebody is to believe the best in them. To dishonor somebody is to believe the worst in them. So think about it as honor lifts up and dishonor kind of tears somebody down. Uh, maybe, maybe there's a couple and, and they're having some marriage difficulties and, and the husband's constantly disrespecting his wife. And let's say she's training for a, a 5K. She's decided, I want to run this, you know, this 5K and I want to get in shape and I want to do this. And so she starts out just walking and she walks like 10 minutes a day. And that's all she can do. And the, and the husband just makes fun of her. Oh, you'll never make it. You'll never make it to this goal. I can't believe you can't walk any further. You got to run. Can't believe you can't make it any further than this. And, and maybe she gets up to 15 or 20 minutes a day. If he keeps dishonoring her 
or keeps cutting her down and not lifting her up, what's going to happen? She's not going to be very motivated to do whatever goal she set for her life, to, to run this 5K. But on the other hand, if instead he chose to honor his wife, right, and praise her through what she was doing and all the accomplishments, oh, man, you made it, you made it 20 minutes a day. You know, you ran 10 of those 20 minutes. That's incredible. You're going to be ready. You know, you got X amount of weeks, whatever. What's it going to do? It's going to motivate her to go even further, to try even harder. So when we honor something, we lift it up. We value it. When we dishonor, we tear it down. Now, some people will say, well, I'm not showing her honor, or I'm not going to show him honor, but that's not how honor works. So if you're taking notes, learning number two, honor should be given because it doesn't have to be earned. We're simply supposed to give it. And even if the person is not a very honorable person, when we show them honor, that has the potential to get that person to live up to the honor that we're already showing them and possibly become an honorable person. And I think a lot of the issues and the problems that we face in our society today, in the world today, are because people are unwilling to show honor. So in the verse we read earlier, Jesus said a prophet is honored everywhere except in his hometown. But look at this next verse, Mark chapter 6, verse 4. And because of their unbelief, he couldn't do any miracles among them except to place his hands on a few sick people and heal them. And he was amazed at their unbelief. He was amazed at their lack of faith, especially everything that had already transpired in his ministry. So they lacked faith. They lacked showing Jesus honor. And it says he could not do what he could do in other places, other places where they believed in him and where they honored him. Now, we're not going to get into a theological debate on this this morning, but the book of Mark, Mark here says that he could not. Does that mean that all of a sudden he gets back to Nazareth and that's like his kryptonite and he, you know, he lost his supernatural power to heal? I don't think so. Because if you look up that word, could not, in the Greek, it was a word pronounced edunato, which means could not or chose not to, okay? Um, another place you can look at this word is in the book of Luke when they're having the great feast and the guy who's just married was invited to the great feast and he says, hey, I can't. I, I was just married. Well, could he not come or did he choose not to come? It wasn't because he now had a wife that he couldn't come. Well, maybe it was. Um, no, um, it, it was because he chose not to, right? He chose to spend time with his wife. And, and I talked to somebody during the services, you know, possibly because of their lack of faith, they didn't even bring people around Jesus, right, to, to be healed. But Bottom line, their lack of honor and their lack of faith caused him to only heal a few people. And sadly, today, that's 
the environment we live in. We live in an environment that lacks honor, and we we live in an environment that lacks faith. So let's look at what's the Scripture say about who we're supposed to honor. Who Who does God say that we're supposed to honor? And then that'll help us to kind of put this into practice in a practical way every single day of our lives. And when when I tell you, okay, let's look at the Scripture and see who the Bible says to honor, the first person that comes to your mind is your father and mother. You didn't have to grow up in church to know that, right? You don't have to be a follower of Christ to know that God calls us to honor our father and mother. And a couple of these we really hit in, in, in detail this summer, so I'm just going to kind of skim over a couple of them. But Exodus 20, verse 12, honor your father and your mother so that you may live long in the land the Lord your God is giving you. I think in today's world, we can be so dishonoring to our parents. It drives me crazy when I hear a kid just screaming and hollering at their parent, saying, I don't love you, I hate you, I wish you weren't my parent, just saying all these terrible things to their parent, or how kids answer their parents today, uh-huh, right, uh-huh. You know, we got a smack upside the head if we said that. I grew, I'm almost 60 years old. I grew up in a generation where you said yes, sir, and no, sir. I still say yes, sir, and no, sir, and the people often are younger than me, and they look at me like, what is wrong with this guy, right? But what a way to just show honor to someone, to show respect to someone, especially when it comes to our parents. And I've heard the excuses in the counseling sessions, right? Well, I'm not going to, I'm not going to, do that. I'm not going to honor them because dad walked out. Dad left mom. Or mom didn't do this. Or mom didn't come through in this area of my life. Or she wasn't here for this. Or he wasn't there for that. That's not how it works. God didn't say, honor your father and mother as long as blank. And you get to fill in the blank, right? There's no stipulations. Honor your father and mother. Second group we're taught to show honor to is people in positions of authority, right, to those God has placed above us. And you may not think of them as above you, but anybody in a position of authority or governing authorities, we're to honor governing authorities. Romans talks about this, Romans 13. Romans 13, 7 says this, give to everyone what you owe them. If you owe taxes, pay taxes. If revenue, then revenue. If respect, then respect. If honor, then honor. Now let's back up to Romans 13.1, how this starts out. Scripture says everyone must submit to governing authorities. For all authority comes from God, and those in positions of authority have been placed there by God. Now, when you think of governing authorities, most of us, the first position that pops into our mind in the United States is the president of the United States, right? Um, I get, I get, and we're not gonna have a, a political debate this morning, but you don't have to look very far to see that our culture does not honor the president of the United States or even the former president of the United States. And I get that some of you didn't vote for Joe Biden, President Joe Biden. Some of you 
did vote for President Joe Biden. I get some of you supported former President Trump. Others of you didn't support former President Trump. I get all the issues on the left and the right, okay? I get all the liberal issues and the conservative issues. Believe me, I got my own opinions about those things. Just ask my wife. But when it comes to the position or the person in the position of authority, we are to show honor. That does not mean that we have to align with them or agree with them. That's a whole different matter. So learning number three, showing honor to an authority is not conditional on our feelings toward that person, right? We're honoring the position, the person who has authority over us. Again, Romans 13 didn't say as long as they line up with you on these issues, as long as they do this, as long as they do that. Simply put, we just show honor to anyone who has authority over us. If you're a kid and you play sports, show honor to your coach. If you're in school, show honor to your teacher or honor to your professor. If you work, show honor to your boss. Even if you're smarter than your boss, show them honor. First thing you should do is look at the org chart, but then show them honor, right? They're still the boss, right? The nurses and doctors who take care of us, we should show them honor because they have a position of authority in a certain area over us, to the police officers, to the deputies, to, to the law, the all law enforcement and, and the military personnel. We should show them honor. They protect us. They have authority over us in those areas, right? The, the rescue squad that, that comes to your house or the fire department that protects us, you know, we show them honor. Anybody in this world is worthy of honor if we look hard enough. And we can live out what really the Lord desires is for us to have this, this core value of honor in us. Who's the third group we're supposed to honor? It's our pastors and our church leaders. And I know you're thinking, oh, this is great. How timely is that? Because that does include me. But listen, I teach the whole Word of God, all right? First Timothy 5.17 says, the elders who direct the affairs of the church are worthy of double honor, especially those who work in preaching and teaching. And I get, I didn't even want to cover this. I'm like, well, that probably wouldn't be very obedient, but it sounds incredibly self-serving. I have never felt dishonored at this church, ever, not once. Do I have enemies? Sure. Do I have people who don't line up with me or critics every single weekend. You do too. You get that aspect. But I've always felt honored at this church. So this isn't about me. It's for all the other people we're going to look at today that serve us weekend in, week out. Honestly, for 13 years, I felt so much honor being able to lead this church. You know what that does to me? It motivates me to pursue God more, right? Because the last thing I want to do is mess up. The last thing I want to do is lead the church in a direction that God's not sending us. So it causes me to pursue him even more. But God says we're to honor those who are spiritually in a position of authority over us, those who teach us. It could be your kid's classroom teacher or one of those volunteers. It could be a youth leader. Those of you that are in a, in a group, 
right? It could be your group leader who prepares every single week to make sure that you have that group every week. If you go to a different church, it could be your pastor. If you go to a Christian school, it could be your school teacher. If you're homeschooled, it could be your mom or your dad, your ministry leader. But God says those who help us on our spiritual journey, even if it's to take a little baby step in the right direction, we should show those people honor. Bottom line, again, everybody is worthy of some type of honor, and we can find it if we look hard enough. And so we should be uh, have this value that we show honor all the time. And so here's what I'm going to challenge you this week is to live out Romans 12.10. Romans 12.10 says, love each other with genuine affection and take delight in honoring each other. I love that. Find the joy in showing honor to others. So learning number four, we should strive to always honor others. Well, practically, how could we do that? Those of you with kids, your kids in a classroom right now, those volunteers, those, those teachers in those classrooms, show them honor. Say hi to them. Get to know their name. Look at their name tag. Thank them for taking care of your kids. Heck, you know, bring them a little something at Christmas time. I don't know, but show them honor. Or it could be a kid in the, in the youth program, those volunteers that give their time every single week and those leaders that are trying to pour into your kids more and more about Christ, show them honor. The people who pray for us behind the scenes every week when we put those prayer requests in, show them honor. Thank them. Hey, thank you for praying for me. I really need your prayers this week. I always think about the people, you know, that serve us as soon as we walk in the door, even the people who are braving the elements in the parking lot. You know, just wave to them. Give them a thumbs up. Thank them. People that open the door for us or give us a hot cup of coffee. What about the tech crew, you know, that makes this possible every week that we have sound and we have lights and video and things like that? The only time we ever recognize that the tech crew's back there is when something goes wrong, right? We never think about it the 99 out of 100 other times that everything goes, you know, flawless. Thank them when you see them. They're worthy of honor, especially the dude who controls the sound, because if I go over 60 minutes, they just cut me off, and you get to go home regardless. They deserve a double honor, right? But we should, we should honor people who minister to us. We should honor people who help us on our spiritual journey. And again, really, we should honor others all the time. If you want a great marriage, honor your wife. Honor your husband. Try to out-honor each other and see what that does for your marriage. If you want a, a great friendship, hold that friendship as high value and high esteem. Show it honor, and it's going to be a great friendship. Same with the people that we work with. We can either dishonor them, tear them down, treat them as common and ordinary, or we could honor them. And listen, I meant what I said earlier I, I've always felt honored at this church. I honor you guys. I mean, this is an incredible church. For 13 years, what you've been willing to do, you know, you're brave, you're believing, you're, you're willing to take whatever risk to help other people on their spiritual journey, to help people find 
and follow Christ. You're faithful, you're, you're generous, you're humble. You're really fearless when it comes to knowing what God says about helping people on their faith journey. People like that, they're worthy of honor. So we honor our parents. We honor people in positions of authority. We honor those who help us along on our spiritual journey. It could be somebody you listen to their podcast each week. Drop them an email and show them a little honor. Just say, hey, I want you to know how much this means to me when I get this every day or every week. But we can show honor to everyone. Doesn't matter who it is, but above all else, learning number five, above all else, we're to honor Jesus. We honor Jesus at the top because he gave his life for us. He made us a new person, those of you who are following Christ. He forgave you of your sins. He gives you the promise of eternal life. We hold Jesus in the absolute highest esteem because of who he is, how valuable he is, and what he's done for each of us. But sadly, we live in a culture that's not even honoring to God, not even honoring to Christ. Psalm 22, verse 23 says, Praise the Lord, all of you who fear him. Honor him, all you descendants of Jacob. Show him reverence, all you descendants of Israel. The problem is too many people treat Jesus as common. Even faithful followers of Christ, we don't show him honor. Listen, he's the king of kings. He's the Lord of lords. He's the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. He is our Savior. He's the one that's righteous. None of us are. He gave his life to us, for us, so that we could live. And if you're a Christ follower, the only reasonable response that you have is to do something in and through your life with what he's given you to show him honor. Sadly, though, I think this is what happens a lot and is so prevalent today, Isaiah 29, 13. The Lord says, these people come near to me with their mouth and honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. Their worship of me is based on mere human rules they've been taught. Listen, I'm glad for the past 13 years we've been a church that shows honor and gives honor. Christ is truly the one who's worthy of all of our honor and praise. And because he calls us to, we also show honor to others. So this week, here's where I'm going to encourage you. Remember Romans 12.10. Take delight in honoring each other. Love one another with genuine affection. Find people that you can show honor to. It can be something simple. It can be a, a kind word, a thank you, but show honor. Show honor to Christ first and foremost. Show honor to, uh, it's, it's election week. You got to vote on Tuesday, right? Show honor to those that are put in positions above us or positions that are their strengths and not our strengths. We should honor our families, our kids, our spouse. Truly, this week, try to show honor to everybody. It's a great core value that we must have if we're gonna represent Christ. Let's pray together. God, thank you so much. 
truly for who you are. Lord, that you've given everything for us. And for that, we're very thankful and grateful. And Lord, I just ask that what we've talked about today show an honor, that you, you would allow it to sink into us, that we would find the joy and the satisfaction and the happiness that comes when we show others honor. Lord, I know this week you're going you're gonna to give us plenty of opportunities to do that, so I thank you in advance for those. But help us to truly take your words to heart, to, to love each other with genuine affection and take delight in honoring each other. Maybe you're here today or you're watching and you've never really shown honor to God by inviting his son Jesus into your life. That's why he sent Jesus for you for me, to save us from our sins, to give us eternal life, but to give us a purpose for living each and every day on this earth, to be his representative. And if you've never opened your heart to him, man, I wanna encourage as we're praying this morning, just open your heart to him. Just say, Jesus, you know what? I know I'm a sinner. I know my sin separates me from you. It's best I know how I'm inviting you into my life. I want you to be Lord of my life. I want to honor you. And that's how it starts. And because of what Christ does for us and and what he calls us to do, we show honor to others. This week, Lord, we commit to you that we're going to honor others. We're going to put honor in our path every single day. And those people you show us, we're going to show them honor. Lord, thank you for this church, these people. Lord, I truly honor them for what they've done for the past 13 years. And Lord, I'm excited what you're gonna continue to do in the coming years. This is your church, Lord. We're just thankful that we're a part of it and we can help others on the faith journey. We love you, we praise you in Jesus' name, amen. As we finish up, if you, do me a favor, if you invited Christ into your life for the first time today, best decision you will ever make in your life, but if you would indicate that on that connection card that's on our church center app, um, I will send you some information in the mail that will help you on your journey to uh, encourage you on some next steps, if you will. I'm not going to show up on your front doorstep or anything like that, but I want to help you on that journey. If you came prepared today to worship through generosity, you can do that online as well or in the black boxes at the back. If you didn't get a chance to get a uh, Christmas shoebox through Samaritan's Purse. They are set up out in the lobby. We're going to have a worship night. Is it the 16th? I think it's the 16th. Here at the church, it's just a night of worship. I want to invite you to that to go ahead and mark your calendars for November the 16th. It's an incredible evening. Uh, But I I really appreciate you being here today. I encourage you next week, bring a friend. We are going to talk about the core value of integrity, and we're going to have a lot of fun with that. So, If you don't have plans, man, I encourage you to come and bring a friend with you. Y'all have a great Sunday, a great week, and we'll see you next week.